Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your host, John Lovering. On this track, one of my favorite comedy shows, The Life of Riley, which aired on both radio and television, featured a very comical character by the name of Chester A. Riley, played by a very talented character actor, Mr. William Bendix. Now, the very first show aired on CBS on April 12, 1941, and went off the air five months later. This original Life of Riley was not at all like the Life of Riley starring William Bendix that most people may remember. You see, the original show starred a stage actor by the name of Lionel Stander as J. Farnsworth Riley, a rather rough-around-the-edges man about town with a hat of gold. But the show simply didn't catch on, and it wasn't until January 16, 1944, with William Bendix cast as Chester A. Riley, a hard hat riveter in a California aircraft plant, that the show took off in popularity. Now, originally the concept of the show was to be called The Flotsam Family, and it was to star Groucho Marx. But the sponsors simply wouldn't accept Groucho as the head of the family. He was thought not to be believable. They tried Lionel Stander, and when that flopped, the producer, Irving Breacher, saw a film, McGurrens of Brooklyn, starring a rugged-looking, typical American blue-collar man, William Bendix. They gave Bendix an audition, and the rest was, as they say, history. From 1944 to 1951, Bendix played his role as Chester A. Riley, at the start on NBC Blue, which became ABC, and then from 1945 on, the show was heard on NBC. With sponsors that included Procter & Gamble, Prell Shampoo, and Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Chester's wife, Peg, a rather long-suffering woman, was played by Paula Winslow. Conrad Binion and Sharon Douglas played the Riley children, Junior and Babs. There were several other characters that played these roles over the life of the show, but Bendix was always Chester A. Riley. The show is centered around real-life issues and problems, many financial, many involving repairs about the house, and problems with the kids, school, an occasional neighbor, all things the American listening public could identify with, and did, and that is why the show was so popular. One of Riley's phrases that became a national catchphrase was Chester's comment when things went bad. What a revolting development this is. Characters in the series were Jim Gillis and his wife Honeybee as Riley's neighbors, and the local undertaker by the name of Digger Odell, who was good for one walk-on per show, with an exchange with Riley that always included some black humor and undertaker jokes. The grass is always greener on the other fellow, Digger would say in a very sicky sweet baritone voice. Or he would say to Riley, you're looking fine, Riley. Very natural. Cheerio, I'd better be shoveling off. The Undertaker character was carefully scripted because death was not the usual topic for radio humor. But Digger caught on and was one of the most popular characters on the series. Actor John Brown played Digger Odell. One last bit of background. Though William Bendix was Riley on radio from 1944 to 1951, he was unable to get out of a prior contract commitment in time to do the first television show in 1949. And the series' first show opened on October 4, 1949 with Jackie Gleason playing the role of Chester A. Riley. The only member of the original cast that made it from the transition to television was John Brown as Digger Odell. Supporting TV actors with Gleason were Rosemary DeCamp, Lanny Rees, Gloria Winters. 
However, Gleason was an unacceptable Riley with the viewing audience, and the show went off the air on March 28, 1950. Bendix came back as Riley on January 2, 1953, and continued until August 22, 1958. Marjorie Reynolds plays Peg, Wesley Morgan as Junior, Eugene Sanders as Babs, Tom Andrea as Jim Gillis, and Digger Rodell did not appear in the Bendix series. As a sidelight, Liam Bendix, who was always said to look the age of 58, died on December 8, 1964, at the age of 58. Now Heirloom Radio is proud to rebroadcast a February 10, 1950 episode of The Life of Riley entitled Poison Candy. And I want to take a moment to thank you for your time as you listen to The Life of Riley. It is much appreciated. You are awesome. So please come back. And now, here is The Life of Riley. Oh, it's the life of Riley when it's Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. The finest beer served anywhere, so let the glasses clink. Oh, east or west or north or south, there's nothing like it at all. Yes, you're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Pabst Blue Ribbon, finest beer served. Anywhere proudly presents The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. Well, the fires of romantic love and romance may not be extinguished in the heart of Chester A. Riley, but they have been banked down somewhat by 17 years of married life. For instance, the other day, Junior Riley approached his father on a romantic matter. Say, Pop, I need a little money. Can you help me out? Why, certainly, Junior. Anytime my son needs a little extra dough, all he's got to do is ask his daddy for it. He's just an old softy. Here, here's a quarter. <laughs> Give me 20 cents change. <laughs> oh, I need more than that, Pop. I need five dollars. Five dollars? Peg, do you hear that? Your son is money man. Oh, so now he's my son. Five dollars? Junior, do you realize that in my day a whole family could live on five dollars for a week? That's all your mother was making when I married her. <laughs> Junior, what do you need that much money for? Oh, gee, I... I... I what? I gotta buy something for Marilyn Morris for Valentine's Day. Oh, but five dollars... Well, I want to get something real swell Yeah, well, look, Junior, you're going at this all wrong When I was a boy, I didn't spend a big pile of money on girls If I wanted to show a girl I had a soft spot for her, I used my head <laughs> He certainly did, Junior well, It's only five dollars, well, Pa It ain't the money, Junior, only... When a girl sees a boy coming with an expensive present, what does she think? Well, maybe she thinks he's in love with her no, she thinks he's a goof. She loses respect. Oh, now I don't know. I knew a boy once that spent more than he could afford on a valentine, and I don't think he was such a goof. I think he was. Well, you ought to know. <laughs> now, Junior, let me tell you about your father when he was a boy and Valentine's Day came around. Now, now wait a minute, Peg. Don't you go making my private life public. As the head of this house, I know my rights. I forbid you to say another word. Oh, go ahead, Mom. Well, Junior, it all happened a long time ago, back in Brooklyn. Okay, as the head of this house, I know my rights. I don't have to listen. Goodbye. <laughs> well, where 
Where was I? Oh, yes. Well, your father was very poor, but terribly romantic. He used to come over to uh, a certain girl's house and walk up and down in front about every night. hundred times I've passed her house. My shoes are all wore out, and I just repaired them this morning. I better take them off and put in some more newspaper. <laughs> I got a good mind to go right up and ring her doorbell in spite of her old man. The nerve of that guy always calling me a big baboon. Who's that down there? It's the big baboon. I mean, <laughs> it's me, sir, Chester Riley. Oh, you. What are you hanging around here for? Well, I'm, I'm waiting for Peggy, sir. I've told you a thousand times to stay away from my daughter. Hasn't anything ever penetrated that thick skull of yours? Oh, yes, sir. Once I fell on a nail and... Go away! <laughs> my daughter has no time for riffraff. Now beat it back to the other side of the tracks. <laughs> Riff raff. <laughs> Thinks he can kick me around just because I live on the other side of the tracks. Just wait until they change the streetcars into buses and they take away the tracks. <laughs> Hello, Chester. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hello, Peggy. Oh, Chester, I'm sorry Papa yelled at you that way, but don't you care. Even if he doesn't like you, I know somebody who does. Yeah? Who? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Yeah? You think she's very pretty and and smart and you're you're crazy about her. Oh, I know. My mother. <laughs> oh, Chester, sometimes you make me so Peggy, mad. Peggy, you mean it's you? You like me? Oh, Peggy. <laughs> oh, Chester. You kissed me. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> it won't happen again. Oh, I don't mind. But be careful. Papa doesn't like kissing. Oh, well, don't worry. I promise never to kiss Papa. <laughs> Peggy. Peggy, would you like to take a little walk where it's quiet and beautiful over there on the wharf? Oh, I'd love it. Come on. Oh, wait a minute, Chester. Uh, What's that paper sticking out of your shoe? Oh, that way, uh, uh, it's the Brooklyn Eagle. <laughs> but why do you... Oh, I see. You still can't find a job after school. Huh? Oh, it ain't that. I, I always carry my newspaper in my shoe because my pockets are torn. I mean, I, I like to carry it in my shoe so as I can have the news at my fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But someday it'll be different when... Oh, lean closer. Yeah? I want to whisper something in your ear. Go on. <laughs> Peg, this cold air is making you hoarse. <laughs> oh, oh, it's that fresh Felix Muldoon showing off his new car. Hiya, kiddo. How's my little sweetheart? I ain't no sweetheart of yours, Muldoon. Who's talking to you, Riley? Go peddle your papers. Says who? Says me. Felix, you stop picking on Chester. Is that Felix? Well, how are you, Felix, my boy? Hi, hi, <laughs> Mr. Barker. Hey, how'd you like a spin in my new car? New car? Still coming up in the world, huh, Felix? Fine, fine. Come on, Peggy, hop in. But, Papa, I, I, I 
was going for a walk with, with Chester. Nonsense. Get in. Oh, all right. I guess we'd better. Well, come on, Chester. Yeah, wait a sec. You get in first, Mr. Barker. Age before beauty. You <laughs> next, Peggy. Right between me and Papa. And now I'll get in. <laughs> now everybody comfy, huh? Except me. Where, where you want me to sit, Felix? Right where you are. On the curb. Ha! <laughs> well, hey, wait a minute. Chester! Well, wait a <laughs> Oh, there she goes. <laughs> Just because he's got a new car. Well, someday I'll drive a car, too. Only it'll be bigger than that. It'll be a bus. <laughs> hello, Riley. Oh, hello, Shrimpy. You got a handkerchief? Yeah. Gee whiz, Riley, are you crying? Oh, no, no, I just want to dust off my eyeballs. <laughs> Did you have a fight with your girl? No, it's her old man. Gee, I wish I was in the money. Then maybe he'd think I'm more lovable than I really am. Well, don't forget, Riley, Valentine's Day is coming. Give your gal something nifty. I'll show her old man you're a big shot. Yeah. Yeah, that might do it. At Smedley's, they got a five-pound box of chocolates in the window. Special for Valentine's Day. Shaped like a big red heart. Oh, that'll be great. Smedley's is the classiest store there is. And it's only eight bucks. Oh, eight bucks. I ain't got eight bucks, and I can't even find a job. Hey, listen, Riley. Yeah. Howard's Indoor Circus just got into town. I got a job selling peanuts. Maybe there's a job for you. Yeah, sure. Come on. I'll show her, old man. Call me a big baboon, will he? Well, I'll show him that I'm one baboon who can get a job in a circus. <laughs> Sorry, kid. No job left. But I'll do anything, Mr. Howard. Anything. Anything? Well, yeah, for, for eight bucks. Let me see. Yeah, you're just a type. I think we can use you. You can? Oh, boy. The star performer in one of our sideshow attractions took sick. You can take his place for tonight. Y you mean I'm going to be an actor? Well, you might call it that. You'll have to wear a mask and a collar. Come on inside, kid. We'll have a little rehearsal. An actor? Oh, boy. Hey, Shrippy, I got a job. Gee, that's well, Riley. Yeah, I'm an actor in a circus. Tell Peg. Tell her to come to the show tonight and, and tell her to bring her old man and that wise guy, Felix Muldoon. Ain't this a cheesy circus, Mr. Barker? Miserable. Well, I don't care. I want to see Chester. He's got a job as an actor here. What? That dunce an actor? Ha! Oh, that's a laugh. That fool couldn't act, Peggy. He was probably lying to you. Chester doesn't lie. Oh, he must be here. Maybe he's over where that crowd is. Oh, come on, please. Yes, indeed, folks. I have the rare and thrilling privilege to bring to you one of the main attractions of Howard's famous wondrous sideshow. Presenting for your entertainment and edification one of the most sensational wonders in the world. Brought here at great expense from the Orient. All set, Riley? Yeah. Presenting the one and only Boo Boo the Dog Faced Boy. <laughs> you sound too human, kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is a fake peg. Let's blow. Wait a minute. That dog faced boy looks familiar. Good heavens, it's Riley. Oh, oh no, it's. Chester wouldn't do that. Why, sure it's Riley. Look, you can see the newspaper sticking out of his shoes. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Riley playing a dog. Perfect casting. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, no, it can't be, Chester. 
I'll prove it to you. Take it easy, miss. Don't get too close to Boo-Boo, or he might bite you. Ah, ha, ha, ha! Oh, Boo-Boo, are you Chester Riley? Answer the customer, Boo-Boo, in your native tongue. Chester, is that you? <laughs> Answer me. <laughs> oh, Chester, it is you? <laughs> Could you do this to me? Oh, wait a minute, Peg. Wait. I'm, I'm going home and I never want to see you again. Perhaps Lou Ribbon will bring you the second act of the life of Riley in just a moment. Perhaps Blue Ribbon. Finest beers served anywhere. Prove it. Prove it to yourself. Prove it with your eyes. Prove it with your nose. Prove it with your taste. Yes, you can prove to yourself that Pabst Blue Ribbon is the finest beer served anywhere. Make the three-way experts test. Test number one. Look at the pure white creamy collar on a glass of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Note the sparkling clearness of the beer itself. It's light amber color. Test number two. Smell the fragrant bouquet that hovers over the glass. The inviting tang of hops and malt. No other beer in the entire world can match that aroma. Test number three. Taste that milder blue ribbon flavor as it flows across your tongue. Here is the perfect beer drinker's beer. The smoother taste no other beer can touch. Yes, make this three-way expert's test. And you'll understand why wherever you go, you hear Pabst Blue Ribbon called finest beer served anywhere. You hear it everywhere. Finest beer served anywhere. Thirty-three fine brews blended into one great beer. And now back to The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley with Paula Winslow and John Brown. Gosh, Mom. It's been awful embarrassing for Pop, being a dog-faced boy and having you and your father see him act. Oh, it was awful. I almost died when I saw your father barking up there on that platform. Gee, what a fella goes through for a girl. I think I'll stay a bachelor. Well, at least till you graduate from high school. Yeah. Uh, What happened next, Mom? Well, your father got the $8, and he went and bought a big box of chocolates. But his troubles were only beginning. Ain't that a beautiful box, Shrimpy? Gee, I'll say. I like the naked little Indians with the bows and arrows. They ain't Indians, they're Cupids. You see, when you turn your back on love, Cupid shoots his arrow at you and gets you in the heart. Really? Yeah. Maybe when Peg and her old man see this, they'll forgive me for being a dog-faced boy. Sure. You got the Valentine for and that's what counts. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to ring her bell and... Hey. Hey, look, Shrimpy. There's that Felix Muldoon. Where? Across the street there on the wharf. I'm going over there and flash this box of candy at him. Boy, will I burn him up. He thinks he's playing around with a kid or something. Hey, hey, look, Butch. Here comes that dope Riley with that big box of candy. This sucker is walking right into my trap. I don't get it, Felix. What's the angle? Look, I bought two boxes just like Riley's. One of them is filled with chocolates, which I already sent to Peg. But this box here is empty. Ha, ha, ha. But I still don't get it. Who's the right Here he comes. Hide behind that shed and watch me go into my act. Wait, who's... Oh, well, if it ain't Felix the Rat. 
What are you doing here at the wharf? Rats holding a meeting? <laughs> hey, that's a good one, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just come here to throw something in the river. See? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the box of candy. You must be nuts. That box cost eight bucks. Well, yeah, but when I heard about this candy making people sick... What? Oh, sure. All over town, people are dropping like flies from this stuff. Seems a whole batch got accidentally poisoned. Poisoned? Well, sure. Didn't you see the papers? No, I didn't. Felix, you're kidding. On my honor, every box... Riley, what's that you're carrying? Don't tell me you got some of the candy. Yeah, I bought it last night. Oh, get rid of it, Riley. Before some poor innocent girl tasted it. Bingo, she's a goner. Oh, gee, this is such a pretty box. I can hardly believe it. Really, would I be throwing mine away if it was safe to eat? No. Heave it overboard where it can't do no harm. Come on. No, no, wait a minute. I, I want to take one last look inside the box before it's gone forever. Oh, those chocolates look so gorgeous. If I could only just show them to Peggy. No, 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 it's too risky. Come on, over with them. No, we'll right. both throw together at the same time. Huh? Right. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Uh. Oh, oh, Peggy, I've I done it for you. Hey, hey, look, Felix, my box sank, but your box is floating. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, you're stupid, Felix. I figured it out. My box sank because my chocolates had hard centers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes? Good evening, Mr. Barker. Well, 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 if it isn't Boo-Boo the dog-faced boy. What do you want, a bone? No, sir, I just had my supper. I mean, uh, could I please see Peggy a minute? She's not at home. Well, would you please give her this, uh, this valentine? Valentine? That greasy envelope? Well, it's got a poem in it. I, I wrote it myself. I, I had a better thing for her. Well, where is it? Well, you see... The... Well, this valentine explains everything. Uh, let me read it to you. <clears throat> For Peg, I bought a gift divine because she is my valentine. But alas, this gift I cannot give her because it's killing fish down in the river. <laughs> well, what kind of an asinine valentine is that? Well, you see... Come with me. Come into the kitchen a minute. I'll show you what Felix Muldoon gave my daughter for a valentine. There, see there? Big red heart filled with chocolates. Well, well, that's the same kind of a box as... as... You know, they're so delicious I can hardly stop eating them. You... you ate them? Oh, no, you... Lay down, Mr. Parker. What? I'll save you. Quick, where's the mustard? Mustard? Oh, here. And the vinegar. What? Quick, open your mouth. Are you going crazy? Take your hands off You'll me. You thank me for this. Here, open your mouth. Swallow some mustard. Don't let me. Your mouth. Open your mouth wider. Come on, your mouth is bigger than that. Open it up. Help! Help, police! Swallow some vinegar. Chester! Hey, let go. Felix, pull this lunatic off me. Oh, Chester, stop choking my father. No, no, let me go. Let me out. Okay, Mr. Walker, I got him. He attacked me. He attacked me. No, no, no. I was trying to save your life. Look what he tried to make me drink. Ant poison. <laughs> oh, no, I thought it was vinegar. Oh, Chester, how could 
do. But the candy is poisoned. I was only trying to give him an anecdote. Don't try to lie your way out of it, you murderer. No, it's the truth, I swear. Felix, Felix, didn't you tell me they were poisoned? Tell him, tell him. I don't know what he's talking about. You, <laughs> but, but you threw your box in the river. I saw you. You're nutty. If I threw it overboard, how come it's here now? Well, I don't know. But, I've but, had but, enough but, of this. Get out of my house. No, but you... Peg, you believe me? Don't ever speak to me again. All right, I'm going. I can tell when I ain't wanted. And before I'm through with you, young man, I'll have you in reform school where you belong. Now get out! Yes, sir, I'm going. Oh, I, I almost forgot. Here, Peg, this envelope is for you. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> gotta go now, Riley. Keep your chin up. They'll let you out of this here jail someday. So long. So long, Shrimpy. I don't care if they never let me out. Peggy hates me, so what's the use of going on living? So true. <laughs> living is just a fad, but it won't last, believe me. <laughs> oh, hello, Digger. I could use an undertaker right now. I heard you were incarcerated in this dreary dungeon, so I thought I'd cheer you up. Cheer up, Riley. Yeah, well, that's easy for you to say, Digger. You didn't lose your girl because a no-good skunk tricked you with an empty Valentine box. Oh, don't tell me about empty boxes. <laughs> Business has been bad for weeks. I've also had my share of Valentine woe. Yeah? Oh, yes. Last year on Valentine's Day, I was very busy in my place of business. Customers were piling up. <laughs> Suddenly I remembered I had neglected to send a gift to my fiancée, Brunhilde Botkin <laughs> I remembered Peggy's gift I told only... my new assistant to take Brunhilde the largest box filled with chocolates he could find Ooh, It was a disaster Yeah, well, what happened? The man was hard of hearing yes. He thought I said, take our largest box and fill it with chocolates <laughs> Poor Brunhilde her Valentine gift was 200 pounds of chocolate creams wrapped in six feet of pine wood. <laughs> oh, Peggy, you'll never talk to me again, especially after the judge lays me out tomorrow. If the judge doesn't give you a fair trial, I'll lay him out. <laughs> uh, it's no use. Peggy hates me. I'm going to plead guilty and get it over with. Oh, nonsense. I still think true love is worth it. Even after what happened to Brunhilde and me. Oh, she broke off with you? Worse. We're being married tomorrow. <laughs> well, cheerio, you lucky stiff. <laughs> Order in the court, please. There is nothing amusing in the case of this unfortunate boy... Now, listen carefully, Chester. Yes, sir, Judge. You still maintain that Felix Muldoon was fabricating, despite the fact that the testimony he gave was under oath? Well, no, sir. I, I don't say that Muldoon was fabricating. I only say that if Muldoon was cockeyed, he'd be a cockeyed liar. <laughs> Your Honor, Felix Muldoon is a fine lad, and I vouch for him. But I repeat that this boy deliberately attacked me and tried to poison me. Now, whose word is the court going to take? Mine? 
Or this oafs. Uh, Mr. Barker, this boy's future's at stake. I'd like to believe his story. Oh, I'm telling the truth, Judge. Honest. Chester, I'm afraid it's your word against Mr. Barker's and Felix Muldoon's. But if you could produce some reliable person who'd vouch for your character... Yeah, well... Well, 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 there's my mother. She's known me for years. I don't mean a relative. Have you ever worked for anyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just finished a job. And what is the nature of your work? I don't understand. I was the dog-faced boy in Howard's circus. I'm sure that Mr. Howard had come here and vouched for me, but yesterday he was arrested for forgery. Chester, what made you take on such an odd occupation as uh, a dog-faced boy? Well, I wouldn't like to answer that right now. Uh, You'll have to. You're under oath, remember. I I needed the money to buy a box of chocolates for my girl. I I mean, my ex-girl. Well, Chester, we've heard all the evidence, and I'm afraid the court has no other alternative than the very unpleasant one of... Oh, just a minute, Your Honor. Yes, young lady? I... I'll vouch for Chester. Margaret, I order you to sit down. No, I won't, Papa. Chester's telling the truth. I believe him. You take his word against your own father's? Well, no, but but Father was mistaken, and so was I. If Chester took that awful job in the circus to buy me a box of candy and then threw it away, then Felix must have tricked him. Now, wait a minute, Peg. Oh, shut up, Felix. Miss Barker, this is a courtroom. Yeah, after all, Peg, I would Shut up, Felix. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Felix. <laughs> A wonderful boy. I know it. You seem quite certain. Well, I I ought to be. I intend to marry him someday. That is, if if he wants me. Margaret, what are you saying? Peg, do I want you? I'll say I do, and I'm under oath. <laughs> well, <laughs> Chester, you can get off that witness stand. Case dismissed. Oh, thanks, Judge. And I might add that I gravely suspect Felix Muldoon has committed perjury. And if there were sufficient evidence... Uh, pardon me, Your Honor. What does that mean, perjury? Lying on the witness stand. Uh, lying on the witness stand? Uh, and you want evidence? Uh, Felix, come here. Now, wait, Riley. Uh, let let me go. And that, and go. that, and that. Go! There's your evidence for perjury, Judge. You see, Muldoon's lying on the witness stand. <laughs> just a moment, Riley will return. The prize package of the year is what they're calling Pabst Blue Ribbon's new Handy Six Carton. It's a compact little cardboard case with a special easy-to-carry handle. And inside, it contains snugly packed six regular-sized cans of the finest beer served anywhere. The Handy Six is perfect for weekend parties, and it's a wonderful convenience for the shopper. Be sure to ask your dealer tomorrow morning for Pabst Blue Ribbon's Handy Six. Oh, hiya, Pop. Mom just finished telling me what you once did to get her a valentine. Junior. Little respect. (laughs) Don't pay too much attention to what your mother told you. I may have been a softie in those days, but I grew out of it. (laughs) Oh, did you, Riley? Then what's that you've got behind your back? Huh? 
Oh, well, well, that's... Uh, that's, that's, that's Gee, uh, look, Mom. A big five-pound box of candy, shaped like a heart. Yeah, here, Junior, take it. Give it to your girl. Oh, thanks, Pop. You're a pal. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew out of it, did you, Riley? Oh, <laughs> if I didn't buy it for him, Junior would probably go out and get some silly job, and one dog-faced boy in his family's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Riley, uh, be a good sport and help me make the Pabst Blue Ribbon three-way experts test. Oh, it's for me, Mr. Wellington. Okay. Now, first, take a look at this glass. Uh-huh. What do you see? A thick head. No. <laughs> now, wait a minute. On the beer, I mean. That's a beautiful, big, creamy head. Well, what else do you see? Well, a sparkling glass of Pabst Blue Ribbon. What color? Solid gold, 18 carat. Okay, Riley. Now, sniff. <laughs> Got the nose in the foam. <laughs> oh, it smells delicious. All right, now taste it. What does Pabst Blue Ribbon taste like? Uh, it tastes like the finest beer served anywhere. Oh, it's the life of Riley when it's Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. The finest beer served anywhere, so let the glasses clink. Oh, east or west or north or south, there's nothing like it at all. Yes, you're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. Pabst Blue Ribbon invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker by arrangement with Universal International Pictures, now releasing Francis, starring Donald O'Connor and Patricia Medina. Tonight's script is by Reuben Shipp and Alan Lipscott. Direction by Mitch Lindemann. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Junior is Bobby Ellis. Others in the cast were Alan Reed, Sid Tomac, and Norman Fields. Consult your local paper for the correct time of the Life of Riley show on television over NBC each week. All of us on the Life of Riley wish a very happy anniversary to station WTIC in Hartford, Connecticut. WTIC and NBC have had a happy marriage for 25 years. So happy silver anniversary. The Life of Riley is brought to you by the Pabst Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Newark, New Jersey, and Peoria, Illinois, and sent your way with the best wishes of Pabst Blue Ribbon dealers from coast to coast. Jimmy Wallington speaking. Next, Bill Stern interviews Bobby Feller on NBC.